0: This is the Retire Happy Podcast with John Amarino, teaching you each episode about holistic retirement planning. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Retire Happy Podcast. Walter Storholt alongside John Amarino, fiduciary financial advisor at Securus Financial in the San Diego area. Hey, John, how are you doing this week?
1: Good. Just finished up another successful camping trip with the new RV, so uh, family's love and life we're creating those good memories that's awesome the uh wheels on the
0: bus still rolling huh
1: oh yeah yeah i haven't (laughs) and i have not uh destroyed the city i'm I'm making my uh corners of uh the turns are good and actually now it's just kind of like driving a car once you drive it a couple times i would think it would
0: become second nature after not too long
1: yeah yeah how you been
0: Doing really well and um, kind of looking forward to our conversation today because we're kind of going to go through a lot of moving pieces here. So I'm kind of excited for this particular episode. If you're uh, new to the podcast, welcome to the Retire Happy podcast. We're going to walk you through lots of important financial and planning conversations on today's show. We've got a great question from Lucy that we're going to get to a little bit later on in today's program, she's wondering about uh, how often she should be talking with a financial advisor. So we're gonna talk a lot about communication on today's show. We're also gonna talk about taxes. Uh, We're gonna talk about kind of just a lot of different moving parts today. So as we often do, again, if you're new to the program, we'll take a peek at what's happening in the news and uh, get John's feedback and guidance on some of these objects. So let's get right to it. Let's see what's happening in the news today. Extra, extra, read all about it. All right, so uh, this was, uh, you know, big headline a couple of weeks ago. It, it may even be a couple of months ago now. So it's it's kind of like in the news, delayed a little bit here, uh, John. But it's still going to be, I think, relevant conversation for a little bit longer it's just we've had so much in the news we've had to put some things kind of on the back burner before we could get to them <laughs> andrew yang uh running for president in the democratic party has that is, is unique. He st- is I, he
1: still running for president still, still uh, in it at the time is he still of this recording. around there like, yeah. polling at one percent
0: yeah actually i think didn't okay. he uh he started doing better than i think like uh the cory bookers and the tulsi and uh, i think maybe he was even getting higher polling than beto maybe
1: Oh, quite the accomplishment. There.
0: I, I can't remember off the top of my head uh, exactly where he <laughs> falls in the pecking order. But uh, anyway, he is running for president on the Democratic side, and he has that idea of giving every American family a $1,000 freedom dividend, as it was coined, every single month. So my question for you is, uh, what will you spend your $1,000 on every month?
1: Is that going to be post-tax of the tax that I have to pay for this freedom dividend?
0: (laughs) Don't think too far into it. Uh,
1: I know. I know. (laughs) Nothing's free. Come on. Uh, Okay. Practical answer. Easy. I'm going to pay for my big depreciating asset that my wife talked me to. (laughs) It'll obviously go towards paying for the motorhome. So thank you, Andrew. Yeah. I mean, practically speaking, I'd obviously uh, pay my bills you know if that was beyond me what i'd really like to spend it on is my guilty pleasures my uh my italian suits so i would probably splurge on a couple of those because hey it's a freedom dividend so happy hey, days
0: uh, don't think too hard about how it actually transpires right just uh, right right <laughs> everything's free these days uh, i think i would just uh, take mine and and put it right toward my uh you know quarterly taxes and just try and immediately limit that tax burden so Ma- right. Maybe that's, that's just me being influenced by our very uh, you know tax heavy conversation today that we're going to be getting into.
1: Right, that's not very exciting, but it's very practical, Walter. I like very it.
0: practical, very practical. Well, uh, anyway, I thought that would be an intriguing to hear what you'd spend your thousand dollars a month on. So, RVing and Italian suits—two things that go hand in hand, as always. Yes. <laughs> right. Well, very good. Uh, I've got a quote of the month for you, since this is our first uh, November show. This one comes to us from Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn said, time is more valuable than money. You can get more money, but you cannot get more time. That's a good scene setter for today's show.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, that's a great quote. And uh, I've been fortunate that, especially since my son's birth, you know, six years ago, um, that my wife and I just sat down and we said, listen, you know, we're not, we're not going to get a second crack at this parenting thing, you know, past our kids. Let's not put work as our primary focus. Let's put our kids and our family time first. So, you know, we both decide to take one extra day off a week. You know, so I only work four days a week. And, you know, currently now we have Haley and I take Wednesdays off. You know, it's a little bit difficult sometimes, but, you know, I get to spend the day with her and my son gets out half days on Wednesday. So then we get even more time. And I look at my friends who have kids that are going off to college now and it blows my mind. And I even look at Jake, and he'll tell, he'll sometimes he'll catch me. And I was like, "Dad, why are you staring at me?" But um, you know, because he's grown up so quick. So definitely, you know, yeah, money does allow you to do things in life, but you're not going to get back that time. And that was the main selling point. My wife got me on on the RV.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point and uh, a, a good reminder to make the most of all of your moments because you don't get uh, there. I think My grandmother had a, a favorite saying growing up. She had many uh, and still likes this one a lot. But she says, in life, there are no instant replays. And so live in the moment, enjoy the moment, and uh, you know, kind of realize the, the gravity of the moment and in, enjoy every piece of it. So there are no instant yep. replays in life. I, I've always liked that.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Well, it's time for story time here on the podcast, where I ask John to tell me a little bit about maybe somebody he's met with in the past, uh, sometime that he has applied certain principles or ways of thinking about the financial life, and uh, to kind of you know tell us a story a little bit. And today, we're talking about taxes as kind of the overarching theme. So I'm wondering, John, if you can tell us about a time when you were able to save someone a significant amount of money on taxes because of good planning. Now, normally I would have reserved this conversation for closer to April, but John reminded me before our show today that you know more important than April 15th is December 31st when it comes to taxes, at least for a lot of retirees and pre-retirees, that's really the important date, for tax planning versus uh, tax filing happens on the 15th of April. So I know you're going to get into that some more, John, but it is a good time of year to be talking about taxes. So tell us about the time you saved somebody significant money in taxes because of good planning.
1: Yeah. you know, I actually had a couple of clients that came to me from other financial advisors who were just worried about growing their money. And I mean, it was clear to me that they weren't paying attention to the tax liability. Um, and, and even one of the clients said that they're Advisor told him, Don't worry about taxes, even though it's your biggest concern. I'm making you money, so just pay the taxes on it. And this really drove me into my current state of what I call tax management that I've really started doing in my practice today. And a lot of these people, I mean, it's a simple fix, but it took a couple years. And With both of these clients, they had a significant amount of money in non-retirement accounts, non-qualified, just your your standard brokerage accounts, you know, as a joint account. And they were all loaded in mutual funds. And now these people were not taking the money out. They liked the fact that they had access to the money, um, but they didn't need to take the money out. And they had pensions, they had Social Security, life was good. And one of them didn't even have a house payment. So even that was a surplus that they were putting more money into these accounts. And one of them just said, you know, th- I'm paying the majority of my tax bills coming from these non-qualified accounts. And, you know, one of them was about $50,000 a year. And when we looked at their statements, all of their non-qualified accounts had, were in mutual funds. And the problem with that in a non-qualified account is that a mutual fund triggers a phantom capital gain that you have to pay at the end of the year, whether you take the money out or not. So, you know, they, they had some significant growth in these accounts over the years. You know, so we had set a proactive plan that said, listen, we're gonna we're going to do this in a very managed way, but we're going to start moving you bit by bit over to more tax efficient, you know, ETFs you know, here we are a couple of years down the road now with that one couple, and we've got them, you know, about 90% to tax free. And that's wow. huge. And quite frankly, these, you know, they've had solid returns, but they don't care about the returns. They just looked at, we solved their major concern, you know, and, and then the other client on top of it, who had these huge tax gains, you know, there was no, no planning for the IRA. So we actually did they're in their 70s. So we actually started doing qualified charitable distributions because they were charitable. And, uh, you know, last year they were, they were going to lose their itemized deduction. So not only did they get a deduction from the qualified charitable distribution, but it is actually more powerful than that. The qualified charitable distribution actually reduces your bottom line income. And just really quick, what a qualified charitable distribution is, is you're taking your RMD and it's going directly to A charity of your choice. And for a lot of people, they lost the ability to deduct with the new tax act under Trump. So not only did they get to give their charity, but they got a bottom line reduction from their income and it solved their RMD. So that was a huge win, you know, and for a couple of those clients that their biggest concerns weren't being addressed and uh took some planning and it it wasn't very complex, but You know, they're a lot happier now.
0: Amazing to see the turnaround that somebody can go through and also illustrates the point how everybody has something different when it comes to a goal in retirement or in their financial situation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, at the end of the day, I think we can all agree that our government doesn't do that great of a job managing our taxes. So, you know, if I had the choice and, you know, of course, these clients had the same mindset, you know, wouldn't you rather... Give your money to a cause that you're very passionate about, um, you know, or a charity that you're very passionate about instead of, you know, the government. you know, so now um they're extremely happy. One of them uses our CPA now, and, you know, they're extremely happy with their taxes now,
0: yeah, it's awesome to hear so as we approach the end of the year versus waiting till, April 15th, to be thinking about these kinds of things, is there time to kind of make moves before December 31st rolls around and to get a better plan in place?
1: You have to look at that individualized, you know, the end of the year obviously gives you a good idea, a much more clear picture of what your tax liability is going to be. So, you know, in in the one client's case, we did do some movement. We did move them from mutual funds to ETFs in December, and then quickly in January, um, and then just kind of held them for that next year. Qualified charitable distributions have to be done. Um, That has to be the first money out of your IRA. So that's something that, you know, we'll talk about that again next month. It has to come out right in the beginning of January. And then obviously, this time is a great time of the year to start talking about Roth conversions, which, you know, we'll definitely spend some time in the, the next podcast on that.
0: Yeah, a little preview for you next time around here on the show, we're going to be diving deeply into talking about Roth IRA conversions. So lots of things to be thinking about when it comes to saving on taxes. It is a really important piece of the puzzle. John, if somebody's got questions about their tax situation, what's the process usually look like to meet with you to talk about those situations and and to kind of get some more education on this?
1: Well, you know, everybody comes into my office and we talk. Hey, the first appointment is do we like each other you know am i a good fit for you and and are you a good fit for me and can i really bring value but i always tell people this you know the foundation and and we start to get to this in the first appointment is you need to have, make sure you have a sustainable income stream for both you and if you're married your spouse's life that's the the foundation of it and then the very next thing you need to re- really look at is can you make that income more tax efficient. And and so that's what we start to look at through the process too. And, you know, it's not a quick fix in a lot of cases. You know, this is, it takes some very proactive planning and it's a long-term planning thing. But, you know, a lot of the the clients who have really said, I want to engage in this have seen through our analysis that, you know, the positive long-term ramifications that this type of planning can have for them.
0: Well, if you want to get in touch with John and talk about some of these things, you can do so easily by calling 858-935-6210. That's the number, 858 935 6210. And always online at gosecurus.com. That's gosecurus.com. We'll put a link in the description and show notes of today's show where you can go and uh, access all that great information that you need to know. Again, gosecurus.com or give a call, 858 935 6210. If there's something on your mind when it comes to taxes and financial planning, John will help show you how to put together that holistic retirement plan. Well, John, time to get to know your personality a little bit better on today's show, one of my favorite parts of the program. It's getting to know you time. And my question for you on today's episode, John, is uh, what are the, when somebody says the good old days, right? Everybody uses that term, I think. When someone says the good old days, what does it mean, though, for you? What stage or age of life do you look back on most fondly? Uh, you know, I'd probably about 10
1: to 16 that time of, of my life. Okay. And yeah, obviously, you know, I was, I was living at home and, you know, my sisters were there and we're a very close family. So, you know, I, I was seeing them every day versus, you know, my one sister lives in Michigan. My other sister lives in San Clemente. But my mom, you know, every February or so, my mom and I would go through the Sunday paper and look up airfare, you know, and, and call the travel agent back when you had to do that and we had booked a round trip flight for, you know, $150 on TWA and that, you know, she'd ship me out to Cleveland to uh, live with my and my cousins for the summer cuz ah. a lot of my family's from Cleveland so um it was some of those summers that I got to spend, you know, the midwest type of uh, of living and, you know, just listening to country music at the pool drinking sweet tea uh, dairy Queen at night, that type of stuff. So I, I absolutely loved it, and I just went back uh, last month to a tax management conference in Cleveland, and it was awesome because I, I haven't seen my cousins in close to a decade, some of them, and uh, you know, I got to get get some of my aunt's good old home fashioned cooking. I think I put on like four pounds in the three days I was there. <laughs> nice. And got to you know smoke some cigars, drink some beers, and watch some playoff baseball with my cousins. And and I mean, we could spend hours just talking about the good old days. So that's that is the good old days for me.
0: Yeah, I I think I would probably go right around in that same age range. I'd I'd go maybe a little older, sixteen to eighteen. Those last two and a half years or so of high school were uh, were pretty awesome. Those were the good old days. Getting that independence of having a car and. That was fun. I really enjoyed that time. But yeah, I think the good old days probably were when it was the three of us—my mom and my dad and I—and we'd take trips to the beach every weekend. We lived about three and a half, four hours from the coast. But we'd—they'd pick me up from school halfway through on Friday. As soon as the day became like an official day, you know, you can get that half day, and then but it counts as attendance-wise, you were there. Boom, mom and dad would be there to pick me up, and I'd skip my last class, and we'd go to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> and we did that every weekend until we uh, ended up moving down there in high school we ended up moving down there for my last couple of years so it was uh but, but that that was always fun loading up in that car making a long trip down to the beach and then you know getting there late at night on a friday and then we'd kind of have our usual friday night and then all day saturday hanging out on the beach routine so i'm, I'm right there with you probably similar age range overall so
1: yeah yeah and, and you know what for me it was just yeah, you know, there was no worries in life. You know, when you when you start to get to sixteen to eighteen, then you you know, then now you're working. I had my first job as a busboy at sixteen, and you know, you have a little bit of money in your pocket, but it's you know, it's not enough. I mean, you know, when I was in my twenties and I was making good money, you know, and a lot of my friends were making good money. You know, and then we were going on cool, you know, guys trips and all that. That was fun too. But I just think you know, there's you could eat what you want. You know, I could power down some nachos with the Dairy Queen and not have to worry about, boy, I'm going to have to go hit this hard in the gym tomorrow to work this off. There was none of that.
0: It was just... (laughs) So that was the good old days, eating without a conscience.
1: (laughs) Yeah, going to uh, the Indians games when 5,000 people were in the stands, you paid $6 for a ticket and you could power down four hot dogs for 10 bucks. There you go.
0: Oh, that's too funny. Yeah, the good old days when it didn't cost uh, an arm and a leg to go do anything, right? Go to the movies, go to a sporting event, all very reasonable, accessible these days. Boy, it's tough to go anywhere without dropping a few hundred dollars or start getting into the thousands with, with no sweat if you're not careful.
1: So, yeah, exactly.
0: Too funny. Well, there you go. Uh, that's getting to know John Amerino a little bit better on today's show, and it leads us to the part of the program where we get to know you a little bit better through your questions. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. This is the portion of the program that we call The Mailbag, answering some of your questions on the program. Speaking of the good old days, back when we used to actually, you know, kind of have a a mailbag that we would uh, go get. Nobody, Nobody really... It gets excited about the mail anymore, right? Now that we have email and instant communication, it's, I can't remember the last time, something exciting other than a package that you ordered, you know, on Amazon or something.
1: Yeah. Something that's ex- not the mail, that's Amazon.
0: Yeah. Something that uh, is exciting actually came into the mailbox. But in any event, we're opening up the mailbag and answering some of your questions on the show. If you want to submit a question, you can always do that at gosecurus.com. This one comes to us from Lucy in Scripps Ranch. And Lucy says, how often, John, should I be meeting with or talking to my financial advisor? I get a birthday card from his company, but that's about it.
1: Wow. Get a birthday card. Well, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, like the, like the dentist, right? I always get, yeah, the dentist has yeah. always, all these years, always sends the birthday card out.
1: <laughs> well, it's mandated by, by my firm and it's my own personal practice that you have to meet with your financial advisor at least once a year. You know, because things change, people's spending changes. there there is no plan. i I have yet to have one financial plan that was set in stone and concrete and never changed. So at least once a year. But you know it's really you know, set your expectations with your advisor. I, I don't think you know for the most part, if things are kind of on autopilot and there there hasn't been any changes, you know, once a year might work, especially you know I, I have clients that they're busy. they're they're traveling. You know, then there are some clients that say, hey, I like to just kind of come in twice a year. That's fine, too. I find that for a lot of my newer clients, we're doing multiple meetings throughout maybe the first year or two because, you know, we're getting their long-term care, their Medicare, their uh, estate planning. You know, we're helping them out with all different facets. So that's where we do it. But as a personal standpoint, I try to reach out to my clients every quarter just to say hello and you know for me one thing that i can tell my clients is you know I'm, I'm an independent advisor i'm not some big name brokerage firm but you're not a number you're a family member to me um and i take that very very seriously and, and my clients know that so all my clients as you know as crazy as this may sound to some other people in the industry my clients have my personal cell number And there's been times where they've called me on a Sunday or they've called me at seven o'clock at night because something bad happened, right? They got hacked or they need money, you know, out as soon as possible. And it's always been an emergency situation. Everyone's always respectful. But, you know, I make myself very accessible to my clients. So, you know, Lucy, if you haven't talked to your financial advisor in over a year or going on a couple of years, then... You need to start being a little bit more proactive, either bothering them a little bit, as I would probably say, or, you know, maybe it's time, especially if you're a retiree, to move on to a different advisor who's going to, you know, treat your life savings and you with a little bit more attention.
0: I'd also say, you know, what other kinds of ways do you want to count, you know, reaching out to you, Lucy? I mean, uh, more than just a birthday card, I think you can use John as an example here with the podcast, you know, in a way that's reaching out or providing some communication and education to clients as well. It's also, you know, is your advisor writing you a, a personal newsletter to all of the clients, you know, every once in a while? What are the other ways that communication is happening? And I think that's really important to look at that as a whole. Um, So if it's just a birthday card and nothing else, yeah, that'd probably be a little bit of a red flag, (laughs) I would say. Yeah, Yeah. Um, So it's interesting to hear how you're a lot more intentional about creating those opportunities to meet. Not mandatory, as you said, because a lot of people are busy and they may not want to meet that often, but there needs to be some sort of communication that things are on track, making sure that changes are getting logged or, you know, hey, we have this big life event coming up. Does that change anything financially? And then looking at those matters, it's important
1: and it all depends on that company's business model too, right? I mean, listen, you know, there are just companies out there that are gargantuan and and the clients know they're just numbers, but it, you know, it's it's kind of like a name brand clothing, you know, some people know that's probably not the best made clothing, but it's a name brand and they buy it for the name brand. You know, my business model is just very a very close up relationship with my clients. And my clients know that, you know, if something bad happens, whether it's health or or anything, or something good happens, I'm I'm going to be there for them, and and I truly care for them and their family.
0: It's a great point and a good reminder as well. If you, Lucy, maybe want to talk to John some more about your financial situation and. What a relationship with a financial advisor should really look like. Some of the differences. you know, Not all advisors are created equal. Uh, there are different methods to running a practice and to helping clients. John illustrated a couple of those differences just over the last couple of minutes. Uh, sometimes we've talked a lot about taxes today. Sometimes it's that. That's the big difference. Hey, my advisor never talks to me about Taxes? Is this something that we should be addressing? Uh, The answer is yeah, it really should be. So, if you're not addressing some of these important topics with an existing advisor, or if you've never worked with an advisor before, it might be a great idea to reach out to John and talk a little bit about what's going on in your financial life, what your goals are, and get a review of your overall financial plan. John would be happy to walk you through that conversation. If you'd like to set up time to meet or just ask some basic questions, you can certainly do that over the phone. Again, at 858-935-6210. That's 858-935-6210. Or you can find John online at gosecurus.com That's gosecurus.com He's got an office there in San Diego on Trina Street, conveniently off of Interstate 15 next to Scripps Ranch High School. Well, John, we really appreciate you taking the time out to join us. On this edition of the show, as you said, next time around, we're gonna be talking a lot about Roth IRA conversions, getting the skinny on that conversation. That'll be very enlightening and helpful as we approach the end of 2019 as well. But uh, until then, have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. All right. Thanks a lot. For John Amerino I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Retire Happy Podcast.
1: Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Securus Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by John Amarino and guests on this radio show are their own and are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine